We are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the big sky conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Tribe from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, and we're joined today by everyone's favorite producer, no, not producer Jerry, producer Dallas Hammer. Dallas, you're doing okay, because the Rams did not get their asses kicked. Yeah, the Rams only lost by a couple scores, um, but realistically, that was still pretty embarrassing. My hockey team is terrible, and I don't think Idaho's going to win a game, so I'm doing great. How are you doing, Brian? Not quite that bad. Uh, you know, we're, we're measuring it in terms of bad, I guess, based off the games, the, the game that just finished, the games we just had, but I suppose it could be worse. Thanks for being here to let me know. It could certainly get worse. That's the, of the club uh, public awareness campaign. It gets worse. <laughs> but anyway, we're here today for instant reaction to the continuation of Idaho's now 13-game losing streak that dates back to the last basketball season. We are, yeah, 13-game losing streak after dropping home matchups with Northern Colorado this Thursday. It's last Thursday and today, which is Saturday, we're recording. But first, ain't nothing like cracking a mom tucky cold snack, an ultra-refreshing light beer born in majestic Big Sky Country. The best part is when you crack a snack, you're giving back. Montucky Cold Snacks donates 8% of all profits back to local causes, even right here in Idaho, supporting organizations like CW Hogs and Idaho Food Bank. Yeehaw! That's freaking awesome. Montucky Cold Snacks, the light American lager for pow pow rippers, gator wranglers, pony riders, and badass do-gooders. Visit MontuckyColdSnacks.com today to find out how to get your ass some snacks. We're going to dive in now, guys. Game summary, Thursday and Saturday. First game, both in Moscow at Memorial Gym. Side note, Saturday we had SWX production. It was infinitely better. That's it. Thursday, Idaho goes down 54-74 to 74 at home against Northern Colorado. Damon Thacker led us with 16 points on 12 attempts, but no other Vandal hit double figures, and four Northern Colorado Bears reached the, the double-figure mark. And Saturday, Idaho lost 75-61. Scott Blakeney went for a career-high 23 points on 11 shots. Damon Thacker added 13 points as well. But again, four UNC Bears score between 14 and 18 points. And that was all, all she wrote, really. But Alex, I'm going to throw it to you, man. They get, take whatever direction you want because there's multiple themes we can we can go, but what's the story? So I think the big story is something they, if anybody watched the SWX broadcast, they mentioned it there. Um, I noticed it uh, over the Southern Utah games. And maybe it's the, the curse of producer Dallas because it's been the six games that I've watched that we've discussed on this podcast. Idaho seems to be within a couple possessions up until, you know, I, w- I initially thought, you know, the 10-minute mark or so, but SWX pointed out it's at the 12-minute mark. They are hanging tight, and then they get the doors blown off directly after that. Uh, so Thursday, they were outscored 30-14 to 14 with 12 minutes left in the game. Saturday, they were outscored 25-14 to 14 with 12 minutes left in the game. It seems like it's a pretty consistent pattern, at least over the last six games, that 
it's a close game. And then just at, at the end when it counts, everything comes apart. And when you say close Dallas, you know, Thursday, we were, we lost Thursday. We lost that game by, by 20 points. It was a, it was a four point game with 12 minutes left. So, you know, roughly three, three quarters through the game, we're hanging tough with Northern Colorado, just like we were hanging tough with Southern Utah. A Southern Utah just beat Eastern Washington at home. They split the series, but that's the reference point. We played pretty well against Southern Utah. We can we can shit on Southern Utah for football all we want, but in basketball, they're officially good at this point. But, yeah, against Southern Utah, we hung tough for three-quarters of the game. And Thursday, it's UNC. We're down by four with 12 minutes left and lose by 20. Saturday, we're down by five with 12 minutes left end up losing by 16 both those games just the wheels fell off on the op- on the offensive end and this is something we have both talked about especially last week which is when Idaho just has to win these games when we are shooting a a high percentage like we had in the games against northern arizona and southern utah because the the shooting it cooled off against northern colorado we were 39.6% from the field on Thursday, 30.8% from three. Remember against uh, Southern Utah, we shot 50% from three on Thursday and lost. Then Saturday, we shot 42% from the field, which like, you know, that's okay. 42% is, if that's your average, that's going to be toward the bottom of the league. But it's not like a terrible number. You can certainly win games shooting 42% from the field. But we shot 10% from three. And you mix that with Southern Utah, who sorry, Northern Colorado, the directional schools are going to kill us sometime and they're killing us this week, but Northern Colorado, they're a team that wants to shoot threes. They hit 23 threes against us in two games, shot 12 to 24 on Thursday, 11 to 25 on Saturday, Idaho. And again, like against Northern Arizona, we are hitting threes against Southern Utah. The first game we're hitting threes. We went, we hit five total threes in two games, shot five of 23 over Thursday and Saturday. And, you know, this is something I said on Twitter. It honestly, right now, it just looks like close games for us are just going to track field goal percentage. Unfortunately, that's that that really is what it is, and that that brings me to kind of what my thoughts are on on all of this. Absolutely, I know I've said this before. Absolutely, everything has to go right for Idaho to to potentially win a game. I personally don't think it's going to happen. But uh, you, on Thursday's game, they turned the ball over ten times. So did UNC. It wasn't the the two to one or or even worse than two to one turnover ratio that we've been seeing. They played a little bit cleaner and again held with them. It's not like UNC is going to go win the league, but UNC's a decent team in the Big Sky. And at the end, it completely falls apart. You know, we talked a little bit last time about uh, defensive ratings, and I am terrified to see what the defensive rating here was because UNC, at least in the the first game. They shot 33% from, from three in the first game, uh, first half. Second half, they went nine of 15. Like With a, a lot of that coming in that last 12 minutes where they just absolutely blew the doors off, and we don't have the ability to keep up with that kind of shooting, uh, obviously, when we went one for 10 today. Uh, it, it's, it's starting to look like there might not be a path to a win unless, again, they shoot 60% from the field, 50% from three, turn the ball over twice and scratch out a 60 to 58 win. And the turnovers, that's the thing we talked about. And you brought up multiple times, like, hey, like the story of this game seems to be turnovers. Idaho had been, this is per Chris King on the first broadcast, heading into 
Thursday's game against Northern Colorado, Idaho was averaging 17 turnovers a game. We were well below average in turnovers, well, well below Idaho's average in turnovers. Thursday, just 10 turnovers. Uh, Northern Colorado had 10 as well. So we did not lose the, the turnover battle on Thursday. And we lost by 20. Saturday, we turned the ball over 13 times, which, I mean, look, if teams are aggressive, just, just so listeners are clear in case you're just kind of a casual basketball fan, aggressive players get turnovers. So, you know, as long as your turnovers are coming in the course of, you know, a well-run offense or, you know, you're, you're, a player makes a, an effective drive, they get past one person, there's body contact as they go up, sometimes that's a charge. Like, hey, like you deal with that. In the NBA, the leading scorers always lead the league in turnovers because they have the ball a ton. It's just they do a ton in addition to their turn, turnovers. It matters. But Saturday, Idaho turns the ball over 13 times. Northern Colorado turns it over 11. That's one of our better games as far as turnover ratio goes didn't matter. And then rebounds. We talked about that earlier in the season. Idaho's getting out rebounded by over 10 a game heading into the second week of big sky play. We've improved those numbers a ton. Like on Thursday, Thursday, we, we were out rebounded by eight, but Saturday we were dead even 31, 31. And it was still a 16 point loss on Thursday. So, you know, those two big things that we talked about earlier, wondering, Hey, if this gets better, maybe maybe this means we this is our path to win. It, it, again, it just doesn't matter with this roster. It doesn't. And the other thing I've I've noticed, and I'm again, for anybody that's listening, I'm a pretty casual, maybe not casual. I've watched eleven awful games here. Um, I, I'm a mostly casual fan of basketball. From what I see, I see Idaho's just coaching overall. They're it's like they want to shoot 20 foot two pointers all the time. Uh, from my understanding, you want to get a layup or a three pointer. Those are the two you know, highest percentage shots or from um, not highest percentage, but the, the two best shots you can get either three pointer or a shot inches from the basket. I don't understand why I see the team taking all these awful two point shots. It's, it's like they design plays for them. Am, am I wrong in that, Brian? Dude, you're not wrong. That we absolutely have actions designed for long twos, which is maddening for me. And your your basic premise was is what the analytics community says probably correct. Like the little asterisk I'm going to add to your comments about threes and layups is the analytics community. And when I say that, I mean people who the analytics community started as the basketball gambling community. Like this isn't just a bunch of nerds who stare at numbers. These are people. This movement was born from people who wanted to make money watching basketball. And their path to that was statistical analysis. The asterisk we'd add here is an open shot is a good shot. It is easier to get open threes through driving and kicking out or to try to get layup shots, you know, based off effective drives or, you know, well-placed, well-placed screen and roll passes where a guy like Scott Blakeney gets a, you know, one footer without putting the ball on the floor. The idea on the layup end is that's how you get one. It is an easier shot. If it's an actual in stride type of layup, and two, that's how you get to the free throw line. Free throws are always open shots, so they're never a bad shot. But yeah, Idaho, Idaho is kind of like Montana in this. And you know, uh, Klaus comes from the Verlin, Don Verlin coaching tree, which is the Stu Morrill coaching tree. Which at this point, offensively, a lot of a good amount of what we do is archaic. In that we, if you watch Idaho, we have a we shoot a ton of contested shots. We don't have to. We have sets where we run out of the high post or we run high screen and rolls and the, and the other players are spread. 
where we get good looks off like Damon Thacker and a Tanner Christensen screen, high screen and roll where Damon Thacker gets a better looking shot or Christensen gets a good look as the role man. We have those moments. It's certainly not our go-to, but you're, you're hundred percent correct. We are, we're running in my mind an offense that it's been successful under guys like Stu Morrill when you have the best guys, which mm-hmm. can mean it's the offense works not because of the system itself, but just in spite of itself, if that makes sense. And that's to me where we are. I mean, Idaho is the second worst offensive team in the league heading into this. Only Montana was bailing us out being worse. And Montana has been a dumpster fire on the offensive end doing essentially the same stuff. And I want to, we're going to transition that to a different point because we like, we can go back and forth about this. Like we already have the big thing is the team's just not very good. And we, we had one of our lower, we had one of our worst recent performances and that's probably why we look like we do, but I want to start, you brought it up, man, the topic of Zach Claus. And I want to start our own new segment Claus watch and Dallas, just so everyone's on the same page, this is partially in response to what I think is the quote unquote, like official narrative on Claus as our coach. You give us the background on uh, Zach Claus going from interim to head coach. Yeah, so obviously uh, Don Verlin was here for a very long time, uh, had a rough final year, ended up with those NCAA allegations. They terminated him, brought Claus on, and well, he was already on, but just promoted him as assistant head coach to head coach. Uh, and then towards the end of the Trayvon Allen senior year, they decided he had enough growth shown that they removed the interim tag and made him the, the head coach officially. Um like you said, though, at the beginning of the show, we have lost 13 straight ball games. Um, do you want to give me a little bit more detail about that? Because uh, we've only played 11 games this year, and you'd mentioned those 13 games as something kind of important. Yeah, here's I want to give the background. First off, in a season and change, Klaus is six and 35 in Division One. I, I do not care about us beating D2 teams and NAIA teams, so I will always subtract those totals. But six and thirty-five in D one games. We've got third in that span. We have thirteen single-digit losses, twenty-two double-digit losses. With eight of eight of those twenty-two double-digit losses have come in our first eleven games of this season. In those two, we have no wins to speak of this year. So in the six wins, which all came last year, four were single-digit wins, two were double-digit wins. So the comparison: two double-digit wins. 22 double-digit losses, but there's a date that I think really matters in understanding both this team and last year's team, which is January 25th, 2020. We That is the, oddly enough, when we played Northern Colorado to open last season's, last season in Greeley. Idaho at that point was 25 in Big Sky play. We have four of our five losses by three points or, or less. And if you guys watched the team last, last season, you'll remember we started out looking okay, where it seemed like, you know what? There's a corner. These guys are so dang close to turning. January 25th, from that point, we, we get killed by, by Northern Colorado. And from that point, Idaho finished the season 3-14 and 14 with nine losses by 10 or more and six of those losses by 20 or more. And that is a stretch that is, if you look at from January 25th until now, we are 3-25 and 25 in that time with 17 losses by, by 10 or more points. Ow, that hurt me just to hear that, Brian. Thank you for that. Which really, again, we 
I, I feel like we have to clear our throats and say this all the time. Like we, we try not to live in the world of hot takes about like, Hey, like the admin has to do, has to make this personnel change. Let's be at least not the use of the word fired, but there, there is no growth on this team. And you can talk about a couple guys being out from injuries. Like, Hey, maybe Kendall McHugh is just the best player in the history of basketball. And we have the last I've heard is he's probably out for the whole season. So fingers crossed that Kendall McHugh is good and he's back next year. We're, I'm not seeing any growth from this team. And I, I think we are entering a time where we've had some close games, or at least they're close through three quarters. I am really concerned that this team is going to hit a patch like we did January 25th, where the moral victories don't crest into wins. And for us, these moral victories aren't even cresting into like close overall game scores, just a couple single digit. And eventually, I'm not saying the team gives up effort wise. I'm saying you can, you, we've seen this in different sports. If we, if teams don't get the reward of their efforts cresting into something more than a moral victory, the team is eventually just personally defeated, which is what I think happened after January 25th. Yeah, I, I would argue that it's still happening. Uh, there's no there's no way for me as a casual fan who's just watching the games and seeing Idaho is, is close three-quarters of the way through the game and those final 12 minutes, it absolutely falls apart. I don't, I don't see anything there to say, oh, this team is growing, this team is getting better, the coaching is succeeding. I look at that and think, what the hell is happening every single game? They go out, they play really hard, and they get destroyed in the final minutes of the game. And I just, I don't understand it from a casual guy who, again, I'm, I'm going to root for Idaho like crazy. I'm not a huge basketball guy. I just don't get it. It, it doesn't make any sense. And it, it comes back to that same point over two years. I haven't thought Zach Kloss has done a phenomenal job. Now he did work, walk into probably the worst situation you could a team that had, less than double digit wins the, the year before he gets promoted right before the beginning of the season to interim coach. And then they take that tag off a year later. I get it. it it's an awful situation, but I'm not seeing anything from my perspective. And then to hear you say that Idaho is losing games by this many points and it's been going on for a calendar year. I'm starting to wonder this, this can't keep happening. Can it? No, like, you know, Johnny ball game, reference this that idaho sports and basket men's basketball is one of the two premier sports football we, we if we get to have the spring the spring season idaho does seem like it's going to be a promising football team and if we don't get that in the fall idaho still looks like a promising football team like you could point to the parts where the football team like duh we should have been better when we transitioned to big sky conference but there's foundational pieces like the linebackers where you can say like yeah like get a couple more pieces and this is this isn't just an okay team. This is a team competing for a playoff spot in football. Mm-hmm. Basketball is not like that. And we're, we're at the level where basketball, I don't think is even close to registering right now beyond being kind of a laughing stock. but we're the new segment that we're bringing back. Think by bringing back, I mean, inventing <laughs> because and thank you, Johnny ball game, because Dallas and I were, we live a little bit more in trying to talk about things from an analytic perspective. And sometimes we, uh, need to let our hair down and just just say how we feel this is the ghost of johnny ball game back on back on tubs the club for dallas's uninterrupted hot take on what the hell 
what the hell's going on with Idaho basketball. Dallas, take it away. So I want to preface this with this could get explicit. I'm going to try not to, but if you are listening to this with children around, you might want to pause and maybe resume this later. Uh, I also want to preface this with, look, we don't mean this to sound like we're, we're taking anything away from these guys as vandals. Like they are at the end of the day, they're guys in vandal uniform. We're going to support them. But if I'm telling it like it is, I think this team is hot garbage. Uh, I don't understand why they have to shoot shots from 20 feet out all the time. I I feel like I learned that a long time ago, just watching casual basketball, like, Oh, maybe take two steps back and shoot a three pointer. It's going to be better for you in the long run. Uh, In doing some research, I was looking at like the advanced stats and just trying to see if there's any sort of positive here. Defensively coming into today's game, they were 331st out of 345 teams in Division One basketball. When you look at advanced defensive rating, uh, the points per points allowed per 100 possessions, 331st out of 345 teams. There are not 15 teams in the United States that are worse than Idaho right now defensively, and I think that comes down to coaching. I don't think Zach Kloss is the guy. I think he's got to go. I think deep down, what happened is there's a budget crisis. They just took the tag off because it was going to be the cheapest and easiest way to do it. And they slapped the basketball team in the face. They're going to go into this beautiful new ICCU arena and have one of the worst teams ever out there on the floor. And it's disgusting to me. Uh, I I went through when I was a student, I went through Idaho sports as they're not great. Uh, we won a bowl game my freshman year, but, I watched that team end up falling apart and, you know, the Rob Akey team that lost what 70 to 28 against Louisiana tech. And I'm used to, to pain as a Vandal fan, but this is, this is a new level for me. The basketball team isn't even competitive anymore. And it's, it's a disgrace. And my ghost of Johnny ball game response is, Yeah, dude, sure. We love all Vandals. No question. This team is an embarrassment. I, I'm proud of all the guys who go out there and, Honestly, like if I'm Scott Blakeney, I have no idea how Scott Blakeney hasn't transferred. (laughs) Scott Blakeney could play on better, much better teams than Idaho. Damon Thacker did not look that great as a, on last year's team, but you know what? He's taken developmental strides. Love that he's on the team. Hope Tanner Christensen decides we're worth staying, staying on. I don't know how to sell him or his family on that. Unless there's huge turnover. Seriously, we're, we're, we're going to have nine D1 wins right now. That's what it looks like. Because I don't see a win in our schedule. UNC was one is, is one of the kind of rebuilding teams in the big sky. And they just beat the hell out of us twice. Northern Arizona is one of... They're battling it out with us for worst in the league. We just lost to them twice. Idaho State's our last shot, guys. And you know what? Idaho State beat Northern Arizona. They're probably better than NAU. And they've got a second-year coach. You can at least explain how... Idaho State looks like they're doing okay. Like, what the heck are we doing? We're going to have a gorgeous new arena that we just spent three years beating the hell out of ourselves, destroying any following. Look, I'm amazed we even get the downloads we do uh, because of how bad the basketball team is. We're, we're, we're probably the worst basketball team in the nation that has a weekly show. Is That's probably my guess. But then I'm with you. It's This is an embarrassment. Um I'm going to, this is my, you know, call it, call it good here. So we don't have to like restate this point a thousand times. We're both on the same page. This, this next year, if we don't have a new coach to sell us, like we're truly turning the program around, 
the advantage the new arena should have given us is done. That's it. And it's time to close the bar, guys. Dallas, tell everyone where they can find you. Uh, you can find me at Hammer Dallas, H-A-M-M-E-R-D-A-L-L-A-S. I promise I won't be tweeting about Rams football a whole lot anymore. So for, I'm assuming most of our listeners would not like that. So you might be okay with my Twitter page now. Um, I will be tweeting a lot about Anaheim Ducks hockey, which I know I'm one of four people in the world to care about. So just try not to concern yourselves with that too much. You can find me at Brian Marceau. That's M-A-R-C-E-A-U. Consider becoming a patron by joining at patreon.com backslash tubs at the club or, or make a one-time gift at paypal.me backslash tubs at the club. That's how we keep the lights on. Thank everyone for the download. Thank you for sharing or liking our podcast on iTunes or Spotify. Thanks for sharing any links we have on Twitter. Tubs of the, club, the Tubs of the Club Army is helping the show grow, even in spite of what we have for basketball. And now it's time for the best band in all the land, the Sound of Idaho, to play us out. Go Vandals. Uh-huh.